0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we talk about the digital revolution and how it's affecting every part of our lives today, from how we work, how we play, how we learn, how we live, how we think. And here on this podcast, we've introduced a new series called the Digital All-Stars, where we've got some experts in particular fields of great importance appearing monthly, and they offer their deeper perspectives on certain key issues. So our Digital All-Star this month is Wayne Saden. Wayne's been with us a few times. For his particular expertise in the area, we call it Wayne Saden on digital. Wayne's been a CDO, a CTO, a CIO, and he's now an advisor to the boards of directors and to the C suites about how they build their digital businesses, not just to survive, but to thrive into the future. So, Wayne, thanks for uh, being with us here today.
1: It's always a pleasure to be here, and particularly today. When something came across my desk, and then something got downloaded, that got me very upset about how bad a job one company, maybe a couple, have done on the area of cybersecurity.
0: Yeah. All right, Wayne. Well, I mean, that, that's why we love to have you here. You've got the inside track on a number of things, and more importantly, the perspectives on things for how companies can avoid getting into headlines like that. And. Um, Wayne, one of the things I think that we'd want to start with here, and it it seems sort of basic, right? But um, we're talking going to talk about how the C-suite and the board needs to take this, not just a serious issue to talk about, but in some ways leading by example, leading with where they put the resources, not just saying this is important, but really getting after it. Because one of the things we'll get to later on in the podcast is sooner or later, the individuals the consumers getting burned by this stuff they're going to get fed up with this and they're going to figure if these companies aren't going to fix this on their own maybe we need to resort to the courts to try to force them to do it so broadly wayne i know there's a couple of key things you and i talked about earlier today that you wanted to get into so um, could you start with uh, the big one being right Today's world, so complex, so digitally driven, so digitally pervasive everywhere, which is fantastic in a lot of ways, but it also creates then more openings for these increasingly aggressive bad guys to get in and get after things. So it's the boards of directors and the C-suite's responsibility to be even more vigilant than ever before. How do they get started on that? What would you advise them to do?
1: Well, today I'm gonna give them a very specific piece of advice. If you're a CIO or a CISO or a C-suite executive or a board director or an investor, go to the government website and download the United States Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations report that came out a couple of days ago titled, How Equifax Neglected Cybersecurity and Suffered a Devastating Data Breach. It's 26 pages of material. If you're non-technical, you just have to read the beginning and it talks about how a company made basic mistakes over and over and over. Mistakes that you don't have to be a technician to recognize were just dumb things. Were they driven by ignorance? I don't care. Were they driven by budget? I don't have the money. Were they driven by something else? I don't know that I'll ever know, but everybody should read this report and vow to your board if you're a C-suite executive, or vow to the other directors if you're on a board we're not gonna do this stuff. Because you know, when you talk about cybersecurity, people may have the mistaken impression that most attacks are carried out by armies of clandestine PhDs. Now, while there are some nation state attacks that are carried out by war fighting groups, so many companies are taken to their knees by what are called script kiddies People that don't even know how these viruses work they're just buying them off the dark web and running them. And when they target your company, sometimes by accident, but oftentimes in the case of Equifax, perhaps on purpose, they can wreak enormous damage. And so to put the Equifax damage in perspective, the people testifying to the front of the Senate this week were not the same people that were leading Equifax when it happened. The new CEO is quoted, the new CIO, the new CISO. So the management team changed. There was also an article that came out of the hearing that said Equifax was spending an extra, extra $1.25 billion in the 2018 to 2020 period for cybersecurity and IT remediation. Now, they're a big company and they had 8,500 issues that were identified in 2015 by an audit, but it was a lot less than $1.25 billion to fix those things if they'd fixed them early if they'd fixed them before they got hacked, before they got attacked, and before their reputation was smeared, their customer reputation was miserable, their executives turned over, the new board directors came in, and all these horrible negatives, which by the way, their competitors were not affected. So it's even worse when you're the only one affected through your own, do I wanna say stupidity? I'd use the word negligence, but I'm not a lawyer, so I don't wanna use legal terms. But they did some dumb stuff that I think everybody would see. And this report is the best example for C-suite execs, for CIOs, and for board members and investors about what not to do if you're running a company.
0: So, Wayne, one, one question I'd like to follow up on that, right? This isn't the CEO's job, right? CEOs are worried about revenue, and closing the books on time, and getting great products out, and getting customers. They're too busy, right? They can't be involved in this. Is
1: that well, nuts? it's true. No, it's absolutely true. The CEO can't be involved in everything. Um, there's a lot of moves afoot. Well, let's have the CISO report to the CEO. I think that's dumb for a couple of reasons. The other one is let's have the CISO report to the board. That's dumb. That's even dumber for more reasons. Let's start with the board one. Boards don't have management reports. They have the you know, the head auditor reporting to the audit committee in kind of a weird dotted line relationship because they're overseeing The management chain of the company. But a CEO is already overburdened, already overworked, already pulled in too many directions. So just imagine you've got a CIO reporting to you. Now, CEOs, your CIO does report to you, right? Not a level down reporting to the CFO or the head of marketing or sales or legal or something. So let's say the CIO is up here reporting to you. And now you take a CISO it is a fairly technical position and you have them be a peer and now what happens when they don't agree on something there's some technical thing the CIO wants to do one way and the CISO wants to do another way what do you do you bring it to your boss I'd like to see CEOs of non-technical companies and as a footnote even of a lot of technical companies referee between a CISO and a CIO that don't agree on a technical topic so I just don't think that makes sense because they wind up with the argument at the wrong level. So what should the CEO do? Well, first of all, if you read this report, the first, I think page six, seven, maybe eight, will just tell you, if you get 8,500 findings in an audit report, step one, don't ignore them. Step two, actually fix them. Step three, maybe get another audit done in the next year or so and find out how you've done. So if you were the audit committee of the board, or the CEO, or the general counsel, or the head of compliance, or any number of positions, you have access to this report that banking institutions, credit granting institutions get because the government mandates it. If you're the external auditor, where the heck were you? You should read this and say, why aren't you fixing this stuff? You don't have to know what all the issues are. Just say, if the auditors rank them as critical, either fix them or tell me why in non-technical terms, why you don't think you have to. And maybe if you're Equifax-sized company, we'll go hire another expert and to come in and read the report and translate it to English. Because I'll say this to CEOs, and you know it's a common refrain for me. Somebody on the board level has to understand cybersecurity risk, other IT risk, and opportunity, even more importantly, so that the board is not always in the dark. And the second thing is the CEO and the CIO have to have a good relationship. When I work with the CEO, I'm never burying them in jargon. I'm never talking about technical terms unless they ask a technical question, often about their Mac at home. But when we talk business, we're talking about budgets, we're talking about risks, we're talking about opportunities, we're talking about culture and transformation and education and how we treat the customers. We're not talking about the bits and bytes and the stuff that I go back to my office and love doing. We're talking about how we advance the business. It was the CEO, get the report from your auditor, read the executive summary. If you're a board member, get a QTE, a qualified technical expert, and have them read it, and then have them hold your IT team accountable. And if your IT team is unwilling or unable to be accountable, get a different IT leader. As you say, and I say, the CEO gets the CIO they settle for. Don't settle, it's 2019.
0: So, Wayne, that's interesting, right? You know, hygiene is something we all understand in our personal lives, but there's a technical hygiene issue that you brought up as well. So, talk about what that means, and especially, Wayne, from the perspective of the very top of the company.
1: It's very simple. At any level of the company, however technical or non technical you are, you know, you have a crew that cleans the bathrooms at your office every night. What happens if they don't do a good job? What happens if they just skip a few days? What happens if they take the week off? If it's not okay in your bathroom, why is it okay in your IT department? And the concept of hygiene is no different in IT than it is in cleaning the toilets. There's a certain amount of work that has to be done every day, and you can't put it aside for the cool stuff. IT people like to play with shiny toys. The essence of management is getting everybody to understand why they should do what they should do to help the company. We're not here to play with the toys, We're here to make sure we patch the servers. We're here to make sure we inventory the equipment. We're here to make sure we get the Windows XP systems and retire them. And if we stop doing that, since the evildoers keep getting smarter and better and better and better, if we don't keep up with them, we're gonna find ourselves falling ever further behind. And that's what opens the door for a script kitty, somebody that is not necessarily very sophisticated, to just find a way in through the door you left open and wreak havoc on your entire shop
0: and wayne one other, one additional point about that too right this notion of hygiene extends now across a much broader landscape in the world of digital business right because you've got your iot you have sensors out there you're expecting your customers your partners your suppliers stakeholders employees more and more access points more and more ways to interact with you digitally so as important as digital hygiene or technical hygiene has been for the last five or 10 years, it's going to become 10 times more important in the future.
1: Well, think about it this way, that in the old days, all they could do is block your bank account, take your screen and turn it off, lose your records. When we start connecting computers from the digital to the physical world, talking physical digital, Instead of your computer going blank and your bank records having to be reconstructed, we can be running cars off the road. We can be crashing planes into the ocean. We can be literally killing people. So if you are an executive who's digitizing your company and you have to be digitizing the factories, the transportation, the logistics networks, recognize that sloppiness in your IT can be as fatal as bad hygiene in your chemical plant, in your oil refinery, or on your rig out in the North Sea.
0: Yeah. So, Wayne, one other thing that goes along with that as well. So there's a notion of this sort of te- uh, end-to-end technical hygiene, but there's also an issue that you and I have talked about in the past and you raised earlier today, which is technical debt. So this isn't some you know uh, deep accounting issue that has to be handled or something that the CIO and the CFO can work out. Why should the CEO and the board be very conscious of this notion of technical debt and what can they do about it?
1: Well, I've had a lot of CEOs or board members say to me, I have a Windows XP computer, and when I turn it on, it runs. What could possibly be wrong with it? And what could be wrong with it is, first of all, the attackers keep getting smarter. The technology keeps forging ahead, and you're stuck with the old Windows XP model. What makes it worse is periodically software vendors, like every other company that makes a living, says we're going to stop supporting the old model. Ever try to get parts for your 30-year-old car? Why is it hard? Because there's no profit in that. The same thing applies to Microsoft or Oracle or one of the cloud companies. If you're running their software and you don't keep it at least somewhat up to date, you're going to find that you no longer get security patches, and that can be totally catastrophic. Uh, Let me give you an example. When the malware uh, that's called ransomware that encrypts your hard drive and asks for a Bitcoin ransom, that would be um, a number of the old ransomwares. You send them some money, they unlock you, but then you get to not petya, the one that took down a lot of the world last year. So if you look at examples of that, the systems that were running old XP, the systems that were not patched, the systems that had these holes left in them because nobody was maintaining them because they were too old to maintain, they were taken down worldwide. And some companies were left with days or weeks or probably the rest of their corporate life, because it ended then, to put this all back together. And so I tell executives, just like if you buy a capital asset and you leave it out in the rain and it rusts, you're gonna paint it, you're gonna get the rust off, you're gonna clean it up and eventually you're gonna throw it away. Think of the bits in your computer, the software rusts. So if that's the best way you can think about it, periodically you gotta get the wire brush out and scrape the rust off and you've gotta do the kind of maintenance on this and eventually say, even though that old war horse still starts up every morning, it is not the animal I wanna ride to make my company a digital success. And so we can get very technical on technical debt because it's really an accounting problem that's not seen by accountants. It's all the maintenance you should've done and didn't do. And this deferred maintenance creates an off balance sheet liability. There, I've said the accounting gibberish. What it matters for the CEO and the non-technical board member is you can't, you stay at the level you are at here and the attackers keep going up and up and up and up and all of a sudden they win and you lose. Can't say it any plainer than that. Yeah.
0: So, Wayne, if I could here, you know, I want to tie that to an issue you've addressed in, on a previous episode, and that is that CEOs get the CIO they settle for, right? And, In some ways, if you're a board member, if you're a member of a C-suite and you continue to believe that these notions of, uh, you know, technical hygiene and technical debt are somebody else's problem, not my thing. You know, I'm here. I'm up in the stratosphere of the company. I don't have to deal with that. Uh, I think that ultimately you're going to get the outcome that you deserve. And in some ways, that's exactly the attitude. That the bad guys, who, as you've said, they're getting smarter, more sophisticated, more aggressive, and more relentless, they're looking for companies that are being lazy. And I'm not an attorney. I don't think that you've been a CDO, a CTO, CO. You might be a lawyer. I'm not sure. I don't know. But (laughs) I think we ought to speculate about this a little in This litigious society today these things are not just going to affect your company internally. They are going to lead to lawsuits and litigation that's going to go on for years and could kill a lot of companies. So if there's ever a message that boards and C-suite people need to get, it is that they're not playing with fire here. They're playing with, you know, an ultimate meltdown.
1: Absolutely. And let me throw out two words of legalese that I know. Derivative lawsuit. From the board education I've taken, this is when, a lawsuit pierces the corporate veil and somebody goes after the directors themselves. Now, if you're a director of a company, you do not want to be the subject of this litigation. I've never been, thank goodness, but I've been told it's not a fun experience because now it's your assets they're going after, not the corporation you're the steward of. You wanna be very careful. Um, There's gonna be a lawsuit that's gonna pierce the veil. It came close with Target is my understanding. And we're not done with Marriott. And if you read, I'll say it again, everybody who hears this presentation should go download a copy of that government report. It scathingly, plainly, in no uncertain terms says, they just failed. And somebody is going to turn that into a wonderful lawsuit industry, is my non-lawyer guess. And so if you're a CEO, if you're a board member, you should be very worried that one day someone's going to be made an example of And you sure don't want that to be you. Uh,
0: Wayne, you know, per your earlier suggestion, we'll definitely have a link to that report along with this episode and and on the site. Wayne, let me give you the last word here. So a few of these things, uh, the technical debt, the technical hygiene that we're talking about, this notion of cybersecurity and the bad guys becoming worse and worse. If you could tell a board or CEOs three things to think about, What three things would you pop into their mind?
1: Well, if it doesn't make sense in your own mind, it's probably not sensible. So if the IT group is giving you the millions of virus incursions they saved you from, ask the question, what'd you miss? How do you know that's enough to miss? Just like you would ask anybody else. What I've said a number of times to you is that IT scares people. It scares board members. It scares C-suite executives because they didn't grow up with it. And I don't mean they didn't grow up with an iPhone in their hand. They didn't grow up with a system talking to customers in their business. That's what matters more than digital entertainment. And so ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, I don't understand that. You should see how many board cybersecurity reports I translate into English and storytelling. Because I'm sure there are people sitting in the room, either their eyes have glazed over, or they're afraid to say, I don't know what that term means. I don't know what ransomware means. I don't know what technical debt means. I don't understand how hygiene applies or what patching is. And so if you're a board member or CEO or CFO or anybody but the technical geek, ask them the questions and you know, I'm going to say this because I say it all the time. It's the risk of cybersecurity breach. It's the risk of failing in a major system implementation. It's the risk of messing up a merger because the cyber stuff doesn't fit together. There are many, many risks, but also there are opportunities. The number of companies I come into that are trying to stitch 200, 300, 500 Excel spreadsheets together, and they call that a system in a publicly traded company, and they get beat up by the auditors every year. Their audit bills continue to skyrocket. If you could come in and fix that stuff, there's money to drop right to the bottom line. It's like shaking the piggy bank and money would fall out. And it's not rocket science. It's intricate. It's like the Jenga game. You gotta pull out the right sticks and put them back in in the right places. But it is not PhD level computer science. This is basic business. And so I'll start by giving this, uh, and by giving the same message I give the board members and CEOs pretty regularly. Somebody on the board, preferably a director, sits in every meeting, but maybe an observer needs to be technically competent. What Russell Reynolds has called a QTE, a qualified technology expert. Somebody who can listen to the gobbledygook, read the report and say, I'm calling you out. That doesn't make any sense. Or let's dig one layer deeper. And if a board has someone they can turn to and a C suite has someone they trust, whether it's the CDO or the CIO or some outsider, we can cut through all of the obfuscation and all of the technical gibberish that so many people in this field love or maybe hide behind. And so the message for the board and for the CEO is, as you said, you get the CIO you settle for, get a CIO that can talk to audit, that can talk to legal, that can understand the budget process that makes sense out of the business world and lean on that person as a business partner, not just the geek in the basement you brought up to the board meeting. It's very important that you have the right person and then make them part of the team.
0: Wayne, great counsel. Um, thanks again. I think uh, you know, your ability to talk about these issues as it relates to boards, to C suite, and you know, the, the business you have of doing that is terrific. So thanks again for your great thoughts on really significant matters these days.
1: Well, I want to say one more thing if you don't mind. I want to sure. put in a plug for a place I'm gonna be this week. There is a group of CIOs, hashtag CIO chat, C-I-O-C-H-A-T. C-I-O-C-H-A-T. That I stumbled upon about a year ago. There are a group of CIOs and some of the the observers that work with us. And once a week, we come together and we communicate on Twitter. And I'd never seen a tweet jam that worked this way, but I joined and I was accepted in the group just because I said things that people liked or didn't like. We got into some rousing discussions. And it's a group of people, if you're a CIO, that are talking about this kind of stuff that are talking about issues on the forefront of technology and business and, and regulation. And so this week, we're all getting together. and We're going to Boston for the first CIO chat live event. And so I'm doing a shameless plug for this group, and I get nothing for it. I'm paying to go there, paying out of my own pocket to go there, because it's a chance to sit with CIOs that I respect, that I trust. And so if you're one of those CIOs listening to this, join the group. It's free. CIO chat. Uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, my time, central time, obviously adjust for your time zone. And once you've joined the group, you might get something from it. If you're a CEO, if you're a CFO, read the transcript, see what we're talking about, and then ask your IT people, what do you think of this? It's a way that you can get a very painless education from some very smart people with a lot of good opinions. So I wanna make sure that the listeners hear about this. And of course, I'm gonna make sure to tell everybody about, this podcast, and your group of people, because I think these are influencers that should work very well together.
0: Hey, Wayne, that makes sense. You know, good ideas. Uh, there, there's no boundaries for them. So thanks for the, that evangelism there. And thank you, everyone out in the audience who's watched. Uh, very, very happy to have your participation. Love to get your feedback. Please send that to me at Evanspa at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us here on uh, Wayne Saden on digital, part of our Digital All-Star Series. Wayne will be doing one of these programs with us every month. And uh, overall here at Cloud Wars Live, we're having a great time digging into the whole digital revolution and how it's changing everything that we do from how we work, how we play, how we learn, and how we really look at the world around us. So thanks for your time. Thanks for being here. We'll look forward to seeing you next time here at Cloud Wars Live.